You're listening to the CEO Series with Carl Moore on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Welcome to the CEO Series. I'm Carl Moore from McGill University. Each week, the CEO Series takes you inside the minds and lives of some of Canada and indeed the world's top leaders to discuss strategy, leadership, and today's pressing organizational issues. And some of the world's top leaders have spent time with us. Justin Trudeau, Mohammed Yunus, Nobel Peace Prize winner, and Dr. Joanne Liu, International President of Doctors Without Borders, Médecins Sans Frontières. This show gives you a thin, well, perhaps not so thin slice of the kind of thoughtful leaders leading some of today's more interesting organizations. Today, I'm delighted to be in my MBA CEO Insights class speaking with Orly Eloe, CEO and founder of Infinity Q Technology, a company focused on quantum analog computing solutions that work faster and save clients over 100 times their energy costs while solving computationally intensive problems. Not entirely sure what that means, but we'll find out when we talk to Orly. In fact, we took this class some years ago, so great to have you back, Orly. Orly, you started off in the military. Tell me about your time at university and military college to be able to, to pass the exams, to enter the, the, the academies. Um, and I did that uh, in the, actually in the Air Force. Um, so that was cool because I was able to, to fly on the weekend uh, on little, uh, little plane and uh, 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 gliding. And also uh, uh, we had all the training with the, the sport and, and everything that the other uh, prep school didn't have because they were for civilian and they didn't do any sport. It was okay. more for nerds. What, what's your best sport? Uh, me running. Okay. Like, very simple. <laughs> so uh, after the, how many years is the uh, degree that you got? Three or four years? So yeah, it's three years. So, uh, uh, and then you have a, a specialty uh, school. So me was in the naval aviation, but what was very great, uh, and it's still the, the case, you do the, an engineering degree, so you, you have a, like a civilian uh, de- degree, and uh, the last year is the uh, application year, and uh, I spent six months on board the helicopter carrier, and I did a, a trip all around the world. So that was a very uh, great opportunity because you, you, we were at sea during 10 days, and then during five days, we spend uh, uh, sometimes uh, in, a dif- in different countries. In port? In port, yeah. What was the rank when you left? Um, uh, Lieutenant Commander. So it's the first rank as a senior officer. So just tell us some story. I just tell us something, stories about the Navy. Like just tell us some interesting experiences you had as an officer. What did you learn about leadership in the in the Navy? Uh, actually, um, well, I learned in the Navy. Uh, first, I think what is very important is values. Uh, I still believe in values. Um, and also, um, the fact that uh, I was an officer, so I was always taking care of my crew. And uh, for me, it's you know human relation. Uh, it's, it's, that's very important to me. Um, and I think that's kind of what I'm doing right now in the company. Uh, I want to create this family spirit. Uh, so uh, you're not an employee, you're part of the family. And I, I will do whatever to make you happy and so you can do a great job. 
it seems like in the Navy, it's more extreme. Like you're asking long hours, you're at a ship for weeks, months at a time. Like it seems like, I guess a submarine would even be more. Did you ever get out on a submarine? I visited, but uh, no women allowed on okay. submarine. Yeah, I'm trying to get to get the Canadian Navy to let me spend a week on a submarine. I may regret that, like after day two, but you <laughs> I know, guess. Uh, what? I guess a week. Typically, governments and armies have values, slogans. I spent a bit of time at West Point, and everywhere you look, it was posted with valor, honor, God, and country. What was that like for the French? Yeah, in in French, for the French Navy, it's honor, valor, discipline. So, and you find it on all the the ships, for example, and all the buildings, and so you get stick to uh, yeah, honor, like the honor, the the value itself. Uh, oh, you have patrie because it's uh, the motherhood or fatherhood, depending on where you come from, <laughs> and uh, and discipline with the military. Although the Navy, I think, it's not the most disciplined army, but that's another story. Was it very hierarchical? Uh, not really, because I was in the naval aviation, so uh, the people are quite skilled. So, you you know, your petty officer... Uh, 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 smart people, and so you, there is some respect. Uh, and and when you are on board the, an aircraft carrier, for example, we, we live together twenty four hours, seven days a week. So um, it was really uh, at some point you create relationship. It it, it goes beyond just a, a work relationship. So like some of the older, like the petty officers, like they're they're older than you. Yeah, they're right. more junior than you, but they know a lot more than you do at one level. They exactly. have some insights you lack. Exactly. Uh, it's complementary. So the petty officer, they usually have the technical expertise, and the officer is there to have the big picture. So uh, it's a good balance between the two, the two of us. Did you ever see action? What do you mean by action? Yeah, I was on board the aircraft carrier, and we had aircraft to fly... Uh, um, Above uh, Afghanistan. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. So there was. Was you ever shot at, like, or the the ship ever shot at that sort of thing? No. The good thing with uh, an aircraft carrier, you have all the naval group around the, the okay. aircraft carrier. So uh, fortunately, uh, nobody uh, dares attacking an aircraft carrier. So I guess, like, I mean, the, how long does it take for the uh, for a, a aircraft to take off? Is it a matter of a minute or two to roll it out? Get it on and yeah, it's it very up. very quick. The the idea is to have a I would say in English a, a ponte and you have like uh, ten aircraft and boom boom boom. So it's very disciplined because if you step in the wrong place, an aircraft could just yeah very hit you. Yeah, on 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 the deck. It's very very disciplined. Yeah. Okay. Not everyone is allowed, and only the chien jaune. It's the the crew with the the yellow uh, jacket. That's why we sell the. The yellow dogs. <laughs> okay. Did you ever go up in one of those off the aircraft, like off the uh, carrier, one of the aircraft? Uh, no. Fire jets, no. I mean, not on board the aircraft carrier, but uh, when I was on, on the naval air station, yes, I was able to fly. So is Top Gun at all realistic? Have you seen the movie? Just <laughs> yeah, I've seen both of them. Well, uh, the aircraft thing, the aircraft carrier thing is... Yeah, it, it, it is what it is, but now the rest is a little bit uh, 
Hollywood. No, yeah, Hollywood, yeah. Okay. So why would you uh, leave the Navy and what brought you over here? Uh, that's a good question. In my case, it's because uh, with my background, I had an engineering background. I was a, a flight engineer. And um, so my future was more uh, being in a headquarter, uh, signing contracts and negotiating contracts with uh, the industry. So at some point I was, why would I do that in a uniform? And I wanted to explore the other side. So, uh, and, I, and, you know, it was a serendipity and opportunity. At the time, um, uh, the president of France was uh, Nicolas Sarkozy, and he was outsourcing everything. Uh, and because I was part on the supply chain, uh, I'm like, okay, I don't know what my future will be. And uh, I want, and I would definitely want to see something else. And I wanted to <coughs> move to, to Canada because uh, my first time in Canada was uh, when I was an air cadet at Chicoutimi and uh, Lac Saint-Jean. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was an opportunity. And I had a package. They gave me money. I'm like, let's do that. Okay. What advice do you have for MBA students? It's been five years. Mm. What, what wisdom do you have for them in terms of doing an MBA? Uh, so I think it's a great opportunity to network. Uh, that's... Uh, that's important networking. McGill offers a great uh, uh, alumni uh, network, and uh, in the in the court as well, uh, it's good to have a, a a good network. And usually, it's locally, so it's even better. Um, I think the classes were pretty good, uh, and I was lucky because I took uh, a lot of uh, entrepreneurship classes. Okay. So for me, it was. You know, have the, the, the theory and the practice at the same time. So that, that was very good. And many of them will pass or fail. So that was also good. Okay. Um, so you worked for Pratt for a little while. I guess that's a good connection with your military work. Actually, yeah. Uh, when I was doing uh, the MBA, we had uh, someone from Pratt Whitney, and um, they mentioned that they were hiring interns. So I did my uh, summer internship during the winter, intern during the winter, and uh, yeah, because I was a good candidate. I mean, I was head of the the, the engine shop uh, at the Naval Aviation yeah. Station, so I knew what an APU was, I knew what an engine was. So they said, "Oh, do you want to join us?" And they, of course. And so I did my uh, my internship there, and uh, talking about network. Uh, the professor of strategy, uh, I think it was Elliot, yeah. um, helped me to get a, a full-time job there. Okay. So tandem launch, what led you? Is it nice because as a military officer, we think hierarchy, we think order and discipline, you're an engineer. How did you go from that to being an entrepreneur? Like it seems like a bit of a, a change. Yeah, maybe I'm not that disciplined. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, so uh, that was a that was a good question actually, and um, uh, it was during your class, uh, Carl. Uh, we had uh, Helge Zetson, who is the CEO of Tandem Lunch. He came here and he said uh, he explained what uh, being an entrepreneur uh, means, uh, and uh, I was listening to him. I'm like, hmm, it seems really interesting, and it's not very far from what I did when I was in the Navy in the sense that, you know, managing teams, trying to uh, uh, be on time, on target, to be the product or to to uh, finish a mission. It's it's different, but the, the spirit is kind of the same. And um, 
yeah, and I like challenges as well. And at the end, he said, oh, if you want a half a million of dollars, a great tech idea and a PhD as a co-founder, send me an email. So I uh, sent an email and uh, quit my job at Pratt and joined Tournament. Today, I'm delighted to be speaking with Orly LOE, CEO and founder of Infinity Q Technology Incorporated. I'm Carl Moore from McGill University, and you're listening to the CO Series. Next up, we'll ask Orly about her experience in this MBA class when she was an MBA herself. Top-notch insight from proven leaders. This is the CEO Series with Carl Moore on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Hello again, you're listening to the CEO Series, and today I'm speaking with Orly LOE, CEO and founder at Infinity Q Technology Incorporated. So, Tandem Launch is, it's an incubator, and so, um, you were there... Like six months or something, yeah. Did you find someone to be a co-founder with? Yes, exactly. We uh, we were developing a biosensing device to measure body hydration. Okay. So, that was their invention or whatever, or patent or Yeah, idea. exactly. That was a patent. Actually, how it works, usually they scout uh, universities and... Uh, uh, patents and and they find the, when they find a the patent they, they they negotiate the patent with the the TTO and then and then we commercialize the from the patent we create a product that can be commercialized. So idea is to have a TTO a technology transfer office exactly. of university and so you have someone with an invention and you have an MBA in this case yep. who's kind of the business side and together you're a great partnership is the idea. Yeah, actually, you have the, a PhD, and we take uh, the the tech from a university. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yep. So, um, how did that go? Uh, it went well, and then uh, we had the 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 MOU with uh, kind of the agreement, and then um, you know, for me, the deal wasn't good enough in the sense that I really wanted my company, uh, my baby, and in. With Tandem Launch, they, they take a lot of, uh, of ownership. And what remains for founders is not very interesting, I mean, in my opinion. But Okay. So now it's better for me. I have a better deal now. Okay. So, um, so that was, you were the co-founder then, and then... Um... And then I tried some uh, uh, other uh, startup. Um, when I left uh, Tandem Launch, I found uh, an investor... Uh, uh, from Quebec, uh, and uh, we launched a company uh, with drone and drone sensing, uh, and then uh, so we encountered some financing problems, and then at some point, um, you know, I needed to find a good <laughs> a job to pay the bills, and I, I went to Thales. So the the two drone company was uh, uh, Eagle and Neural. Okay. And then yeah, uh, been you're at Thales. Um, and uh, it was an opportunity for me to um, be in the uh, AI ecosystem. Uh, and, and at some point, I, I, I was hired for three projects. One was uh, a, a drone, um, an helicopter drone, uh, but uh, the budget uh, got cancelled. The other one was uh, uh, biosensing, but uh, with uh, the CSA, but again, the the call for project didn't happen, or it was uh, delayed. 
So I uh, ended doing uh, more AI and was very involved with the, uh, the AI uh, lab. Uh, we created the, the Cortex lab uh, that's still uh, there at uh, Milex. Um, and for me, it was really the opportunity. And I mean, it was in 2018. It was really when AI was, you know, at, at its peak. It's still big now, but uh, at the time, uh, you know, we had, you had Element AI and Yoshua mm. Bengio uh, received the Turing Award and everything. So um, uh, it it was uh, very active. And um, Miriam Cote was Yoshua's uh, um, uh, deputy, offered me a, a job, and my contract with Thales was ending. And I'm like, hmm, I I really like the the startup spirit. And Mila was in the startup mode at the time. They were transitioning from the UDM to the new Mila. So uh, I said, mm, that's a challenge I, I want to take. And I joined Mila. Okay. It's not a meandering. What's the word I'm looking for? Like it's an interesting evolution of trying opportunities and moving on and having a family to support at the same time. Exactly. And I think the thing I was coming from the military uh, and I didn't really know what was uh, the civilian life. So I remember my first meeting with career services and uh, they were like, oh, really? Uh, so what do you want to do? So I said, hmm, let me think, oh, I want to be a CEO of a VP. And they were like, let me like, you can't do that already. You need to start then. And then, and then during one of these evenings, there was the, the CEO of a CAE. And I remember he was like, oh, I was a very bright engineer. It took me 16, 16 or 15 years to become a VP. And like, at the time, I was 35. I'm like, no, I don't want to be a VP at 50. You know? There is something I need to do before. Okay. And that's the good thing with being an entrepreneur. I mean, you can manage your own life and you can manage the company yourself. So that's what I was looking for. There were some low points as well as high points. Oh, yeah, it's a roller coaster for sure. How did you manage the low points? Like, how did you keep going through all this? Uh, I think um, the military background helps in the sense that uh, I think I'm quite resilient um, and optimistic. So each time there is a, a bad, uh, something bad that happens, I try to see the bright side and see that as an opportunity more other other problem okay so and, and i remember one of my deputy was always telling me really don't complain you're lucky because each time you come home uh in the evening you have your two arms and your two legs so that's pretty cool do you make decisions fast or slow yes that's can be a problem but that, that i was trained in the uh, naval aviation, I was in with the jet aviation, which is a bit different. You have three types of aviation. You have the jet, the helicopter, and the uh, maritime patrol. And, uh, and, then, uh, and then you have three mindsets, and the jet, uh, jet aviation was really take this, make decision like boom, boom, boom. And the good thing is it, you make decisions fast, but the bad thing sometimes you do and redo and you know, do it again because you made the decision too fast, but you had to make a decision at the time. And When you make your decisions, is it more of a question between corporate and military world versus entrepreneurial? Someone in the corporate world might more be proud to analyzing action, whereas an entrepreneur just wants to try it and see if it works. What's your approach? 
Exactly. That, that's a very good point. I think usually I, so I make a decision, I test thing uh, a little bit, and then at some point uh, either we continue, either we don't. For example, uh, we did analysis last year. We said, oh, we'll go to gaming. Uh, so uh, we started, uh, I mean, we made the decision uh, beginning of this year. And now I'm like, if by the end of this month we have no POC in gaming, I mean, we'll do something else. We'll, do, we'll focus on logistics because right now logistics is working very well. But so I take some time to analyze a bit. And then if it doesn't work, I have no... Orly, do you then actually have to have a number of things firing at the same time, or do you focus on one thing? Um, uh, focus is important, but you need backups. So it's the, the good balance. For example, we focused on logistic right now and gaming. So it's so if one doesn't work, we have you know we have at least something that that works, and that's what we notice right now with gaming and logistics. And because uh, right now what we do, we try to uh, to use, for example, the, the, the same hardware, the same uh, algorithm for each uh, industry. We are we, we can do the the exploration of different fields, but not too many. Otherwise, it's, you know, you waste your time. But at least a couple, so we have backups. Today, I'm delighted to be speaking with Orly Loe. CEO and founder at Infinity Q Incorporated. Love the, the name of your company, Orly. I'm Carl Moore from McGill University, and you're listening to the CEO Series. Next up, I'll ask Orly, what exactly is quantum computing? Exclusive access to some of the most successful leaders out there. This is the CEO Series with Carl Moore on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Hello again, you're listening to the CEO Series, and today I'm speaking with Orly Loe, CEO and founder at Infinity Q Technology Incorporated. What are you doing right now, and how long have you been doing it? So, uh, I started uh, three years ago already, a bit more. Um, when I was at Mila, I met a professor uh, invited by Yoshua Benjo, uh, and this professor developed a new uh, formulation of quantum mechanics. So um, we arrived at Mila at the same time, and we were sitting at Mila next to each other. So I started chatting with him, and I got very interested by uh, quantum mechanics, quantum computing, and quantum-inspired technologies. And um, the more I was discussing with him, I was like, hmm, this quantum computing thing is, is, is good. You know, it, it has uh, extraordinary premises, but... It's not there yet. It will require maybe a decade or so, even though IBM every year said it in five years. But uh, I mean, there are still some room to have something before. And so we were exploring their ways to um, have faster computing uh, power uh, than that exists today. Uh, and we discovered that uh, quantum-inspired technologies are really, uh, you know, it's a thing, and it can solve problems uh, that are complex, and that it can have uh, commercial applications today. So, how big is the organization? The company right now. Yeah. Uh, so right now we are still a small team, like around uh, eight people. I'm hiring a, 
two, three people. So we will be 10 by, by January. Okay. And you have a co-founder? Um, on the paper, yes, but my co-founders are not hands-on. So uh, one, of, one of them is uh, uh, a lawyer in London, and the reason why uh, he was with me is uh, he brought uh, my main investor. And uh, the second one is uh, a former CIA uh, executive who helps me with all the relations uh, with the U.S. government. and CIA? So, yeah, CIA, yeah. Okay, so I don't know anything, almost nothing about quantum mechanics. I interviewed someone at IBM a couple of weeks ago, but did you know much about quantum mechanics, or did you have to study up on it? Uh, at, at the time, I didn't. I mean, I didn't a little bit, but like twenty years before, so I had to uh, go back to uh, to school and I did some course online. I read a lot of papers. Um, and uh, not only on quantum mechanics, but on all the quantum-inspired, you know, model like easing machine, um, like and new hardware like FPGAs and and what is an ASIC, and okay. so uh, it was an interesting uh, exercise. What is the central thing your company is bringing to the world? What is the thing that you bring to the world? Just incredibly fast computing. Uh, the the capability to uh, solve problems that the current computers can't. That's really what we want to do. Not only faster, but some problems are so complex that current uh, classical computers can't solve them. So that's the target we have. Okay. Why Montreal? Seems like this should be in the Valley or MIT or something. Why Montreal? Uh, because in Montreal we have... Uh, first, I was living here. And um, second, we have uh, great talents. I mean, we work uh, with Polytechnic, uh, and we have a, a good pool of uh, software developers, of hardware experts. So uh, no, we're, and it's cheaper than the Valley. Uh, but for raising money, yeah, I, I went abroad. So tell us about raising money. How did that process work? Uh, so when you are a very uh, early stage startup, it's mainly your contacts, like the friend and family. Uh, so as I mentioned, uh, one of my co-founders uh, brought uh, a very rich uh, friend of his, uh, very rich. Uh, so put some money in the company. Then we, uh, so, so it's mainly angel investors first. And then uh, for the second round, we bought a couple of VCs. Uh, so uh, one from Singapore, one from Germany, and um, we had a, a U.S. family office as well. So how do you find those people in those places? What was that process like? Uh, many contacts, uh, a lot of uh, research on uh, you know LinkedIn. Uh, we did geo campaign last year, and actually some of them contacted me, uh, which was uh, very cool. It's easier that way. Uh, and, uh, yep, the, 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 that's uh, some research and then meeting people. And it was very hard because it was during the pandemic. So, for example, the, the Singaporean VC, we didn't meet in person. So we had like, I don't know, 50 hours of Zoom meeting. And the poor Singaporean, it was like 3 a.m. He was uh, trying to understand what we were doing. That was 
so you have this incredible technology. How do you decide who needs it? Like, where do you go and say, I'm going to go after this or that or whatever? How do you decide that it was the world's, your wide open in one sense? Yeah, that's a very tricky question. And actually, the mistake we made at the first beginning, we were so in love with the technology. Like We were talking about the technology all the time. Like, oh, we do this quantum experiment technology, blah, blah, blah. And, and we forgot that at the end of the day, we need to solve a real-life problem. So uh, last year, we decided to be more product-oriented. And uh, uh, we did a landscape analysis um, on what competition does, uh, what the market is, uh, the different uh, industries, uh, different uh, use cases as well. Um, and uh, we decided the, that what the, the low-hanging fruit uh, is, and, and let's focus on that. And it's mainly contacts. For those who do not know anything about it, can you give us a one-minute crash course on quantum computing? What exactly is it? Yeah, no problem. So it's, uh, I would say, a, a paradigm uh, shift in terms of computing. It's a new computing paradigm. So instead of having uh, your classic uh, CPU, uh, you um, solve the problem differently. And uh, we use a, a new type of hardware, and we build software on top of that to, um, to, to, to run the, the, the problems. And uh, the idea is because we map the problem on the machine, the machine converges directly to the solution. So that's why it's faster or can solve more complex problems. Orly, can quantum computing assist the crypto market in terms of data mining? I think so. Last week I was uh, in New York uh, attending an Inside Quantum Technology uh, conference, and it was about crypto. And uh, yes, they, they, everyone believes that quantum can have an impact there in crypto. Orly, back to the entrepreneur thing. You come up with an idea, find investors, raise money. You probably need about two or three years of runway. How do you manage convincing people that you're going to do that and be successful? How do you convince them to write the check? Uh, at first, it was really on the potential. Like, if this thing works, it would be huge. So, it's when it's an idea, it's uh, or some you know, um, proof of concept, small prototype. It, it's easier to create excitement because, you see, let's see it's like a lottery ticket and let's see if it works or not. And it's not that many, it's a lot of money, but not crazy money either. And then we are the stage like right now, uh, we plan to raise money next year, but really before we want traction. Right now we are in discussion with a, a big company to have a first contract. So we really need that, and that's, that's our main focus right now, everyone, all hands on deck. We, we need to prove that it's not only a, a big idea, but it's, it has real-world applications. Today, I'm delighted to be speaking with Orly LOE, CEO and founder at Infinity Q Technology Incorporated. I'm Carl Moore from McGill University, and you're listening to the CEO Series. Next up, we'll ask Orly where her company is headed to next. They made it, and they're telling you how. You're listening to the CEO Series with Carl Moore on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Hello again, you're listening to the CEO Series, and today I'm speaking with Orly LOE, 
CEO and founder at Infinity Q Technology Incorporated. What was your elevator pitch and how'd you come up with it? Uh, so that the expertise is really to solve this impossible uh, problem with simple solutions, uh, and um, it was during a you know a, a meeting uh, we were thinking oh what can be our tagline and how we can explain that simply, and the CTO was saying how oh, you know they do complete they, they do a very complicated uh, so, uh, solution for impossible problems so this is the opposite. So that's kind of how we found the, the Thailand and the, the little mm. uh, teaser. Mm. Well, how do you actually do strategy as an entrepreneur? Our exit strategy, uh, so the idea is, uh, as I mentioned, to build traction and at some point to get closer to bigger companies. So either um, NVIDIA, either uh, maybe Texas Instruments, HP, we'll, we'll, we'll see uh, how it evolves. But um, or depending if we go to the gaming industry, but um, yeah, the idea is to build uh, the technology, have some traction, and, and at some point see the bigger uh, companies uh, are interested. You think quantum computing is dependent upon the adoption of blockchain? Um, I think quantum computing um, is from interest, especially from government, and they are. Uh, uh, a lot of investments all over the globally uh, in quantum computing. I think it's because of the threat uh, it can exercise. If a quantum computer exists tomorrow, they can break all the the code on the internet, and it can be a, a big mess. So that's I think that's why uh, government uh, governments take it very seriously. So much was really related to blockchain, but uh, I think it's more national security issue. You funded yourself a bit here, a little bit internationally. Is the Canadian startup ecosystem a bit different than that in the States? It's still beyond, yeah, a little bit. I remember I'm, I'm part of an incubator called Asset uh, with Sherbrooke, and we were discussing with other entrepreneurs, and one of them brought a, a, a study comparing a Canadian startup and, and U.S. startups. And it's very clear, uh, you know, seed here in average was less than one million uh, and in the U.S., things five million. Uh, Series A is here; it's uh, five million, and like only twenty-five percent raise the Series A. Right in the U.S., it's maybe it's fifteen or twenty million, and and I mean like seventy percent raise the Series A. So it's very clear that there is a, a discrepancy between the two countries. I got to believe someone in the Valley is doing this. Like mm. you're doing it in Montreal, the Valley, yeah, New York, somewhere. Sure, yeah. Have you looked around the world and said, who else is doing this? Uh, there are some companies, and especially uh, in Japan. The Japanese are very well advanced in the quantum-inspired technologies, more than anyone else. So have you reached out to them and let's chat or maybe do an, uh, an alliance or something? Or mm, No, yet, no. We are just, you know, like Toshiba, Fujitsu. They reached out to us, actually. Okay. Uh, they wanted to uh, uh, to do a call for project to, together. But um, right now, no, it's too early. We we develop our stuff. We will uh, we'll see. So there is the University of Waterloo and those kinds of organizations as well. Oh, they do. Yeah, they do quantum, really true quantum. And uh, Sherbrooke in Quebec is really uh, 
advance in, in pure quantum technologies. Yeah. What was the biggest mistake you've made thus far? Oof, I made plenty of big mistakes uh, with the company. Um, it's not, not hiring the right persons. That was a big mistake. When you're saying not hiring the right people, what do you think went wrong, Orly? Uh, that's a good question because sometimes you can't really predict what can happen. So yes, sometimes it's it's bad luck, but uh, yeah, no, I can't really talk about that. But sure. I had some HR but, issues. But a, like a related question would be that from your naval training and where discipline is important. Now you're in an environment of engineers and scientists, very free spirit and unorganized at times. I suspect. How do you balance this old life with your new life? Um, I think with the the new team is really uh, I'm still a on time on target type of person. So, for example, and we have tools uh, like software to help us organize the, the 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 job. So, for example, we have the demo for the, this big company. Three weeks we did the meeting. You do that. Uh, uh, just mean you do that, they need to do that, and everyone has uh, their task assigned, and we will do follow-up very regularly. So uh, we do team meetings uh, Mondays, Thursdays. We have chat, uh, like Slack channel, uh, and, and, and I have a head of product, uh, director of application, and some more junior people, so it's pretty balanced. And we are London Navy, it's like a, a delegation doesn't, no, control the no control doesn't mean no delegation. You had a career that was transitioned into entrepreneurship. A lot of people want to be entrepreneurs, but will not actually take the leap and do it. Do you think that entrepreneurship is in your DNA? Is it something that is part of you that will allow you to take that leap? Uh, I think I, the spirit is still the same since I, start, I started working. Uh, I didn't know what being an entrepreneur was. I mean, really in the military is so rigid that I, I didn't know what it was to create a company from scratch. I didn't think about it at the time. I mean, uh, I say I was a you know, pilot, uh, I loved planes, I wanted to be an engineer. So I didn't really think about it, especially in France. And at the time, I mean, the 90s, uh, not a lot of entrepreneurs... Uh, uh, you know, it was not as glamorous as today. You have Elon Musk, you have all these models, so it's maybe it's easier today. But uh, when Helge explained what it was, and it really, you know, it rang the bell, and like, it resonated, like, this is what I want to be. And, you know, I really enjoyed when I was uh, in the Navy, when I was in charge of the, of the shop, uh, the engine uh, workshop, and I had, like, hundred of, uh, you know, 85% like me, I was 25, so it was quite a, a lot of responsibilities for a very young person. But I really enjoyed the fact that we were all together uh, um, fixing um, engines to send engines uh, on board the aircraft carrier for the mission. So it was really, this is the mission, everyone, let's let's do this. And and I think that I reproduce the same thing with the team right now. Orly, do you have long-term personal goals, like five, ten years, or you focus on where you are at this moment? Mm. Uh, I hope uh, in five or ten years the, the company will be uh, much bigger than it is right now. So I have, uh, I have good ambitions. I don't really think you know more than more than that. 
but yeah, I've kind of the north star to to grow the the, the company and uh, and, and yeah, have an infinity Q chip everywhere at some point okay. before the quantum computers arrive. So, is the universe unfolding for you <laughs> in a sense? Like you can kind of see that it's working out. Yeah, I think everything is connected and led me where I am right now, definitely. Okay. It's interesting because uh, I see you once or twice a year and get to hear from you for an hour and remember you as a student. I think we're in kind of a next year will take off. Is my, so. my, I would you totally agree, but I, I sense there's a takeoff coming in the next year or so. I think that's all we have time for today. Thank you very much for joining us, Arlie. I'd also like to thank our scriptwriter, Stephanie Ruscha, our technical producer, Marco Campagna, and our show producer, Gabby Hartshorn-Mel, and also our listeners for tuning in. À la prochaine. <laughs>